This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing tonight? Metcalf, we're back. Another, you know, just another glorious episode with the mad scientist. Um, I'm doing good. I'm just, you know, progressing through the week as always, just counting down the days until basketball is back in our life full swing. Um, how about yourself? How are we doing? Good. You know, just, just grinding away. I just still enjoying all of these episodes. I just, it feels right to be going through film, even though it's high school and maybe not the best of schemes and consistent talent or whatever, but it's just, I I can't emphasize enough how much I love a first, just scouting these guys and then B just getting really prepared for the season. I I just, I, I feel good about it. I'm really excited for this basketball season. And I think we're in for one hell of a year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I know uh, we've said this on a couple of other episodes, but I really, it's funny. I never start this early um, when it comes to watching film and like evaluating, but I feel like now with no ceilings and the squad, you guys are all foaming at the mouth in the group chat. I can tell already everyone just can't stop talking about prospects, but uh, it's exciting. I, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year because it just seems like I'm going to watch more film probably this year than I could possibly ever dreamed of. So it, it's, this is going to be a fun one and, and this is going to be a heck of a class. I'm really, I uh, think it's going to live up to the hype, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't really just talked big picture. Are, yeah. are you, uh, are you thinking the 23 class is going to, is going to be up there? Are you liking the the depth of the incoming freshmen so far? Because I know me and you feel pretty similar about, you know, high school tape. I think mm-hmm. some guys on our team like high school tape a little bit more than we are leading on, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just pumped about basketball in general. Also just, you know, a lot of stuff about the basketball world's going on right now. And I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm just excited. So what are you, what, what are your thoughts? Let's have a little vent before we get into it. Yeah, and I, I think there's extraordinary potential in this class. There are a lot of guys who I need to see important strides in some really important areas for them for me to really consider this, you know, a, a truly elite class. Um, you know, when I just thinking back on like these recent drafts, like going into it, I I thought the Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, uh, Scotty Barnes, like I, I thought that draft was going to be an all timer going into it and it's it's quickly looking like it's headed down that path obviously those guys have a long way to go in their careers um but the early returns on that have been incredible i'm not quite sure that this class gets to that because that's an incredibly high bar but you know 10 years from now if we look back on it it's like that was you know overall b 
plus a minus draft um you know that that wouldn't surprise me and that if it gets that type of grade that's a hell of a draft class because and that's going to mean that seven to ten guys in this class really hit their peak potential which is a lot but i also think that it is a possibility for it yeah, we're, we're getting spoiled lately with the draft classes, yeah. and I hope uh, basketball fans and draft maniacs are realizing it as quickly as we are. You know, we just had two absolutely sensational classes, and it's easy to be like, hey, pump the brakes. Not every class is going to be like that. But also, like, you know, the, the players that are, these guys, these young kids are, you know, becoming mature quicker um i remember jason tame getting drafted and i was like gosh he gives interviews already like he's a 10-year pro in the nba so i mean guys are getting better they're getting more athletic their skills are getting sharper um it's just kind of a new wave of talent and the 23 class looks like it's got the potential to really be special too um it's just fascinating now, you know, it used to be just like college and international and you get like a couple international prospects kind of sprinkled in. Now it's, you know, the G league ignite, the overtime elite, which we're going to talk about. Um, Still have mixed feelings about it. No offense to anyone out there. We love you. Um, And then, you know, now it's college and international, but international, the movement just keeps growing every year. So just a lot of talent from different kind of ballparks, if you want to put it that way. And I'm excited to to keep evaluating because I do think there's it's kind of a dealer's choice when it, t- when it comes to like, what prospect are you loving in this class? Yeah. Like you can fall in love with a lot of guys and think that they should go higher in the top 10. And I think everyone's going to have a case for it. Yeah. And that's just a testament to, you know, kind of more accessible information across the world and how, really smart minds are branching off into different areas, whether it's, you know, the like NBA Africa development program, or they're doing that in Asia and Europe and South America, all of these different routes where it's not just, okay, you have to go to college and stay there for a couple of years and then get drafted. There are different routes that fit different personalities and different temperaments and different skill sets better. And that really, you know, it forces people to get better. And when you're constantly going against this better competition and you're seeing your peers consistently improving, it's you either improve or you divert and divert into something else. So I, I think we're just like really in a really fascinating time of kind of youth player development and just the athleticism, the understanding of the game and the versatility Um across the board, regardless of size is just really fascinating right now. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of been a, uh, you know, I, I didn't really think about this until you brought it up. It's kind of been a fascinating shift of things could get really interesting in a couple of years because um, just, you know, there's talent all over the world. Basketball is, is global. Um, you know, there's basketball without borders camps and, and, leagues overseas and camps overseas and NBA scouts are always trying to find the talent and keep an eye on them. But now we're seeing guys get, you know, college. There's a lot of teams that are recruiting heavily to get international prospects. We just saw that with Arizona and Tommy Lloyd last year. Um, A lot of other, you know, big time places do that. And um, now we're seeing that your guys overseas are getting recruited to come play in these developmental leagues. And, it's going to be interesting to see if, if 
that's kind of a bigger movement when it comes to uh, getting guys from the high school ranks to be like, just, Hey, just come train for the NBA right now. You don't need to go there, but um, that's kind of the movement we're seeing. I'm still interested to see, you know, five years from now, if some of these leagues are still going to be around or still thriving, I think it's very early, but um, it, it wouldn't shock me if this is kind of the new movement going forward. What about you? Do you, do you like where we're trending, Metcalf, or are you kind of missing the uh, old school ways? I mean, are we, are you Clint Eastwood in uh, Grand Torino? Like, you just want the old school stuff, or I, I just, I'm conflicted. So, we, me and you haven't even talked about this topic. So now we're just, yeah, really- no, this was unplanned. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, part of me, you know, I always have nostalgia for just like the, the college rivalries and all of that stuff um like all, even all of this conference realignment i have mixed feelings on because you know just usc and ucla being part of the big 10 uh which is yeah. you know where Ridiculous. i grew up and live in big big 10 country wouldn't necessarily think of la but i get why it's happening it's all about money so i get it it's whatever um so you know p- part of me will always miss that but there's so much money in college basketball and college sports anyways where i don't think it's ever going away and i think just more opportunity is better and it forces different organizations to improve and adapt and modernize and you know get out of their ways that have caused a lot of issues so i i never view competition as a bad thing regardless of the industry or sport or you know school or whatever I always think think it's a good thing and it forces people to get better. And if they don't, then they're going to stay in the past and, you know, crumble. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a jerk with this next comment and that's, it's not my intention, but great, great, great preview. Yeah, no, but this might rub people the wrong way and I'm not trying to make it sound like, Hey, I'm just throwing some harsh facts, but you know, some of these guys that are getting recruited by colleges, like college might not be right for them. Yeah. They just might be like, hey, this isn't this isn't me. And yeah. I think now if you're good enough to go train, you could be like, hey, I, you know, maybe some of these guys need some money. Maybe maybe they need it right away and they want to just be like, hey, I need money and I want to train right away to get ready for the league. And And some of these other leagues are giving them that opportunity to do that while having a good foundation to, to work on their skills and um I think everyone knows how I feel about like the G league and the G league ignite, but um, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how the overtime elite kind of develops their league in the second year, because I think the idea is right. I just am curious about the uh, future execution, but um, that's all I have to say about that. So. Yeah. Well, and a, a really important piece in the overtime elites continued d- development is Amon Thompson, mm-hmm. who is one of the guys we're talking about today. Um, he is a fascinating prospect and someone who I think is really polarizing um, and is kind of a lot of hyperbole gets thrown around with him. And I don't in the long run, I think it's kind of going to do him a disservice and because it's going to set expectations at just an absurd level. And there's some, there's some big holes in this game. I really like him as a prospect. I think there's a lot there to really fall in love with, but some of the adjectives and descriptions of his game, I think can be a little misleading. So I, I'm really excited 
to kind of dive into his game with you and just see where you're at because we, we actually haven't talked about him before this. So big picture, what were kind of your takeaways with Amen Thompson? The, the, the Thompson twins, for anyone listening, um, that, you know, we're, we're new. Me and Metcalf are trying to get better about this. So uh, the Thompson twins are a man and a man and a sir. Did I say those names right? I'm sorry. Just a man and a sir. Okay. I'm in preseason mode. Uh, the Thompson twins, they were playing with the overtime elite last year. Um, both like six, 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 seven with, yeah. uh, I think like plus three or plus. Yeah. Like around 195 with a plus three, plus four wingspan. I think they're about 20 years old. Um, might be around 20 when they get drafted. I don't know. They're, I don't have the draft date. We're in preseason mode. They, Calm they, they will be older. Rookies. Yes. They will be older rookies is what I was trying to get at. But, um, Everyone, I'm trying. I'm gonna try to be polite in this one, Metcalf. Everyone talks about their athleticism. That's the first thing you're gonna hear, and it's well deserved. Yes. Um, I think it took me about two or three drives on film, probably anytime I've watched a highlight tape or a quick clip on Twitter on my timeline, where I'm like, yeah, that that pops. Yeah. Um, they definitely float through the lane. It looks like they're in slow motion when they're gliding through the air. It's very impressive. Um, and at that size, with that bounce and that quickness, like, yeah, I, I was quickly like, okay, check. They're, they're going to be a, a, an elite athlete at the next level. Um, I've heard some horror stories about the shot. I think we'd kind of gotten some, some of our uh, colleagues at No Ceilings kind of talking to me about it. And I, I was just like, let me get to my own opinion. Um, but we'll talk about all that specifically because i know you're a mad scientist and wants to break it down i liked a lot a lot um i i kind of went in there to the whole film dive as a little bit of like a i feel like i'm gonna be a buzzkill when i was watching him like i was like i feel like i'm gonna be a little negative here and then i left and i was like okay i get it i get the hype i I really liked a lot in his game um you you're a little higher on him than i think you're hinting or am i reading you wrong i feel like you were kind of giddy about him or the twins yes i coming into you know preseason um he was probably top five for me for me and i right now he's like seven so um i still really like him but you know after really focusing in on his stuff again and not just going through the highlights or you know kind of watching him in the periphery like while i was watching barlow or montero last year you know there are some, pre, you know, there there are some concerning things that I saw that aren't just the shot, and it's it's more nitpicky. It's nothing detrimental, like the shot, maybe, um, but it, it's little things that he kind of has to clean up and be perfect at if the shot never comes along. So, do you want to start with the shot, or where, or where do you want to start? Yeah, I, I need to, I need to get that one out of the way because okay. I, I feel like everyone's gonna want to hear the positives let's let's mix this up i feel like we always start with the positives and end with the negative let's start with the negative and then end with the positive um what was your what what was your least favorite part of the shot the shot's not pretty no um and I, i i was trying to be polite but i you know i'm not a shot doctor i'm trying to prove this is the one part of my 
evaluation process that I always am trying and eager to learn more about because I, I'm fascinated with the, the really small mechanics. Like I, I know the basics, but I would love to like have like an elite skill of evaluating, like what is specifically wrong. But I think Agreed. my opinion is um, I think he's got a very inconsistent lower body. Um, the arch with his shot is all over the place. I feel like I never saw one that was the same, yeah. like two in a row. And then his lower body, I feel like is, he looks like sometimes he's shooting with all arms. He's all, he's shooting all upper body. And then sometimes his lower body's moving a different direction. Sometimes his feet are lined up a different way. I, you know, from coaching and kind of picking, um, Mind of my buddy who's still coaching overseas. He's going to be with Ratio Farm all this year. Shout out Jimmy Rhodes. Proud of you. But he kind of taught me about like the importance of not using, you know, like uh, how important each part of your body is when it comes mm-hmm. to the shot. And um, from what I've learned from him and, and kind of what I picked from a couple people overseas when I was there, I feel like when you get, problematic with the lower body that can get ugly that can lead to more problems than if it's just upper body and the the form or you have it too far to your left if it's all lower body that can really throw some red flags so um i'll be interested to see how that develops this year because it, it does feel like everyone has the same opinion everyone has the same buzz if the shot just comes around if the shot just comes around and i hate I get it. We've said it before and I hate it. I yeah. hate when that's the thing. It's like, well, if the shot just comes around, it's like, well, what are we talking about with the shot? How bad is it? Is he going right. to shoot 40% maybe from the field or is he just the, just the outside shot? And um, I don't know how I feel. What about you? Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm guilty of using the, the, if the shot comes around descriptor on prospects all the time, but usually I try to save that for guys whose mechanics at least look fine. And where it's like, oh, maybe if he just tweaks something small, then we'll see, you know, a three, 4% boost in his jumper. The ones that I really avoided on are the ones where it's going to have to be reworked. And I think that's the issue with Amen's shot, because like you said, it looks different every time. The, The way the ball comes out of his hand is different on every shot in those clips that you know we we just ran he made one and it looked okay i guess but you know one hit the opposite side of the backboard one fell two feet short one clanged off the side of the rim it's like the none of these are even there's zero consistency in the trajectory of the ball and that's where it comes down to the mechanics again i you know i just try to pick up little things based on what smarter people say and you know tell me and I, th- I think the what you pointed out about the feet was really important there were some where his feet are outside of his shoulders or somewhere it's really narrow um he kind of gets like this jackknife at the hips where he's almost like bent over and then releasing out in front of him mm-hmm. it, it's just a mess and i i don't even care really so much about what percent he shoots next year I just want to see if he can show consistent mechanics at all. And if the mechanics have improved and are repeatable and we see them consistently, 
I'm fine if he still shoots 20%, but if he can show us a full season of consistent mechanics that look cleaner and smoother and less robotic, then it's like, okay, maybe you now have the foundation of something to rep out and work with and then improve on. The other thing I really worry about is I didn't think he had any touch. And I thought that showed up in his, like, in his at-rim stuff too. Um, We'll get to that in a in a minute, but whether it's from three, whether it's on floaters, on layups, I thought his touch was pretty rough. It's um, it's becoming alarming how much like me and you see eye to eye with some of this stuff. And I'm not like just it. saying this. Like I, I did, we didn't, we texted about previous episode guys. I feel like we and you had a little bit mm-hmm. of interaction because I, I'm also not wanting to spoil it. I want to hear what you say live right. on the air because it's good content. Where do you podcast, folks? But we didn't talk at all about these two guys. Um, no. and, and the one thing I had was like, I think a lot of people are going to be saying he's a good finisher because of how explosive and like the slams and he's got some creativity. But then I was watching more and I was like, I don't love the touch. I was like, there's a lot of touch stuff that needs to get worked on. I was like, even if he had some creative finishes, I was like, that didn't look as smooth or look like it had touch it was kind of rushed um and i think that's a big thing he's gonna have to just work on i'm not saying it's horrendous i just think it needs a lot of work yes um but and and i everyone that that knows ceilings will probably back me up when i say this too um i have to say that i i usually am not good at being like oh yeah i know what i'm talking about so like when i'm talking about the shot I understand the areas that need to be consistent and good. I just wish I could be watching film and literally see from like the zoomed out, like, Oh, his thumb is too far to like, I wish I had that eye. So the the, the people that do that are, they amaze me. I'm so jealous of when they can do that. I'm like, man, I, that's the one thing I need. I need that ability to like, I'm always like, can someone just spend an off season with me and be like, look, this is what you have to look for. Cause then I'd be like, okay, I could, I could pick that up. But I feel like if there was a weakness of mine, I'd be like, I wish I had like the Eagle eye of (laughs) watching what's wrong with a shooting touch from, uh, from my couch. But that's also why we go to see him in person folks. Um, but coming, yeah, I agree with you with this shot. It when you're shooting, you want to shoot on the way up, and I feel like sometimes a shot uh, he would shoot on the way down. Sometimes it was too early on the way up, and it was like line drive. Then it was a lot of tut or a lot of art, and then it was like you're saying it was like sometimes I was like, oh, that looked good, and it hit like the backboard and nothing else, yeah. and I was like, my gosh, it's like he, it's like a. <laughs> it's like, playing 2k for the first time and you hold <laughs> the shoot button too long it, it's just kind of it's a little wild but um everything else i loved um so so fi- final thing with the shot yeah. do you think that it can be tweaked and improved on or do you think that it just needs to be completely overhauled and if he ever develops a league average shot is like a flip of the coin oh man i I, the problem is, is like I was watching and I was like, I don't know if this is a repetition thing or if he's just. Um, I, I don't think it is. I think it needs like a full overhaul. Sorry to answer my own question there. No, but, no, no, no. I, I, I like when you you do that. That's good. Um, I think it needs overhaul. The problem also is, is like 
you have to find out what's going on behind the scenes because there could be too right. many chefs in the kitchen that are poking at him. I think, um, don't quote me on this, but I think uh, Avdia had the same thing overseas. I think he had a lot of guys that were trying to tweak with the shot. And then finally at the end, it was all of a sudden taking steps in the right direction right before the draft. And everyone was like, oh, he can shoot now? And it's like, it's you know, it's a loading process. But I think it might need a little bit of an overhaul. Or he just needs to get someone that's like, and all right, like me and you are on the same page, and and we're gonna figure this out. Like nobody else is gonna mess with this. But here's my question for you, Metcalf: the shot doesn't come around. Mm-hmm. Is he a top ten pick right now? Mm-hmm. It's tough because I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm watching him, I'm like, I don't know. Why I, can't I, I get Ben Simmons out of my head? <laughs> I was like, a very so athletic I, Ben Simmons is in my head. And I'm like, I'd probably lean no. I'd probably lean no because I think he does. I think he could be exceptional in pretty much everything else. But, you know, I'm not saying you have to be an elite shooter to play in the league, but you have to show at least a little bit of ability or willingness to shoot from outside. And if nothing changes with his shot, guys are just going to be able to defend him and sit in the paint and double everyone else. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to lean no, but it it would be really tough to pass on. You know, what's fascinating uh, that I just thought of, we just did um, the Jairus Walker Mm -hmm. episode we did the Whitmore episode. We all had these same kind of t- like conversations of being like, hey, like they look like they have the tools, but if that shot comes around, and with Walker, I feel like me and you were like, he does a lot of stuff, and that shot is respectable enough that he could still be an easy top 10 pick. But with, with Thompson, it's like it is so much of a like, oh, boy. Um yeah, but, I don't like, know. but that's also where like the the positional differences kind of come right, 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 play. right. Because yeah, absolutely, to, to be a six, a six, wing. six, seven wing, yes. you you can't be a complete non shooter. Right, I completely if, agree. If you're not a reliable shooter as a versatile ball handling playmaking power forward who can defend multiple positions, that's different. You're you're able yes. to kind of hide or use your talents in different ways because you're setting screens, you're crashing the offensive glass. You're not out on the perimeter the entire time and just being left alone and allowing everyone else on the team to be doubled basically whenever. So I, I think that's where kind of the, the positional stuff, that's when that actually kind of factors in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred um, percent. And and that's why it's just really fascinating with, with the men and especially like, I, I really do like a lot of their game. Like I didn't want to yeah. sound negative. So so now everyone's listening and they're like, Oh, they just ragged on this guy. So let's get positive. Let's yeah. Let's no, let's out. get into the fun stuff. I, yeah. I know we, we were a little hesitant about his touch finishing, but there's a lot to love with his scoring. I thought mm-hmm. his ball handling was really impressive. The burst, the deceleration. I thought he finished through contact a good amount. Um, just the, the, swiftness of his you know crossovers his in and out his second jump it it's all a lot of fun and really impressive 
There's a lot of creativity with his game that I was very, very wowed about. Um, his second jump was ridiculous. One time, the, the clip you just showed for everyone listening, he like throws up a runner in the lane. And I swear, before he even landed, he was already jumping again. I was like, did he even like actually fall to the ground or did he just like stay up there? But, um, you know, you, you brought up that his handles are very impressive, but I also think he's going to need to get it a lot tighter. But like he had some some instances where it was like in and out and showing some hesitations where I was like, oh, gosh, no one can stay in front of you with that because he, he, his first step's really strong. He can mm-hmm. get downhill very fast. And then when he does, he just floats through the lane. Um, but he's going to get he needs that handle to get it can get loose. It can get wide. And I feel like sometimes it's like basic stuff where he just loses it. And I'm like, OK, I, I think that'll be tuned up pretty quickly Go ahead. yeah I, I thought when he got into the lane i thought he did a pretty good job of securing it and mm-hmm. kind of you know avoiding contact and you know getting it up into the rim is when he was on the perimeter where he would just yes. kind of like turn off for a second and it'd just be like really lazy turnovers or guys are just easily picking his pocket because it's like he's tuning out for you know or he's just having a brain fart for a second and guys are just like oh okay thank you and it's like okay is that is that because you're just bored and like the competition level is not where it should be for someone of his potential? Or is that like, a I, you know, it, it, or is it a bigger picture? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. He's it, it, it's, it's funny to do this in the preseason because as, as much as I think I'm getting like a good feel for these guys, I also feel like I'm creating more questions and yes. headaches so it's like, oh man, like, cause I, I was just kept watching him. I was like, gosh, he does a lot of things really damn impressive. But, and then you just go back to that shot and you're like, man. And, and every time someone's always like, oh, the shot's horrendous. I'm like, it can't be that bad. But it, Metcalf, it's not even just like a three point shooter. You get a free throw yeah. line. It's, it's bullets. You know, right. it, it's just, just no touch. It just looks. Like he'll go from bullets to threes to bullets to free throws, but the three points like bullet or high arcing, and it's like you get you can't. I don't know. So now yeah. I'm too fascinated. Well, see, with see, that. Now, now, now you're circling back to the negative. I know, and I don't want to be. So we can't do that. We have to start Stop positive. Yeah. So I mean, he yeah. So yes, he is a one level scorer right now, but I think that one level is really impressive. With and you know, I expect him to get a little stronger this year. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, I think his ability to finish through contact should even improve. Um, but besides the at rim scoring, I was really impressed by his passing. I was I th- too. I thought he was really creative. Um, not there. There were some di- some plays where he just made really poor decisions, where his brain turned off for a second. It's just really lazy turnovers. But generally, I thought he utilized his ability to pressure the rim. Uh, really well to create for others from really fascinating angles. There's a lot of like, holy crap, what a great play moments. Like kind of you're, you're sitting on the couch and I find myself just yelling like nice pass, you know, like it's the classic (laughs) Jay Billis. Every time he's doing a broadcast, you just nice pass. Like I laugh every time Billis does that, that. And when he says bottoms up, when someone says wingspan um, during the draft broadcast, but with Thompson, it was um, a lot of beautiful looks. I think when you – gosh, I'm not trying to be negative. 
I think when you know you're a good passer, you get automatically careless. Like when you know yeah. you have elite vision and you can see passing angles, you can get way too aggressive with some looks and a little erratic. Mm-hmm. And uh, like some of those that you showed and what you're hinting at is like, I think he was expecting like, oh, I know exactly where this is wide open. And it's like, no, you can't you can't make that pass until you see it. Um, a lot of passes he makes he's throwing guys open. Yeah. But there's also some that he's got to realize like, no, you have to wait for that window to completely get open just because it's almost there. You got to get the timing completely down. And there's just some that he's just trying to get too creative, too flashy. It, it, it reminded me a lot of like LaMelo's film overseas um, in the mm-hmm. NBL. Just some plays are absolutely gorgeous. And in some plays you're just like, okay, let's, doing too a little too much but you gotta take um you gotta take both sides of the you know equation it's like well he had five absolutely gorgeous passes and he had uh errant pass or two but you know that's also what happens sometimes with really good uh playmakers is sometimes it just turnovers can go high um but also like just because you're a flashy passer doesn't mean you're automatically a good you know, playmaker. Yeah. So do you think he has the potential to potentially be that like, like a point guard almost, or do you not think it's quite there? I feel like there's a long way to go. Um, But you can tell me I'm wrong. Are you, are you thinking that it's that I feel like he's more of a little bit of like a complimentary guard. Um, Cause it's hard. I mean, I know I'm talking about, I talked about Ben Simmons earlier, but it's like, it's hard to sell a team. I'm like, Hey, this is our primary guard and uh, he's not going to be a threat from outside. I don't know. And then, you know, I'm a big Rajon Rondo guy, but it's just like you eventually run out of, I don't know. I don't know my cuff. I don't know. No, I, I tend to to give me an answer. I I tend to agree with you where I, I think he's still a little too careless, still a little too just kind of going through the motions on it. Um, Obviously this is going to be a huge year for him. And I would like to see a little more consistency with the efforts, the conditioning, the, um, you know, being really locked in from start to finish. And if he shows that, you know, maybe, down the road there's some potential for that but i i think it is more of a complimentary uh playmaker secondary tertiary guy who's you know attacking rotations and running in transition and creating for others based on the pressure that he's putting on the rim and forcing rotations that's kind of where i like him more than necessarily initiating the offense there is potential for him to answer all of these doubts very quickly mm-hmm. with us. Like there, there's that he's got enough skills that pop and really get me like excited that if, if the shot looks any bit better, I'm like you, I can be okay evaluating a guy. And if his outside percentage is low, but it's consistent, I'll, I'll be okay. Like if it looks like, Hey, shot low thirties, but he's just he's consistent and looks like it just needs a little bit of tweaking. I'm all right. I'm going to be fine with that. So if he goes up this year and, and it takes the jump, but it's under 40%, but hey, it looks like the mechanics are way better. I'm going to be like, yeah, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, 
but um that's the big one he's got to answer and then everything else looks like he gets some fine tuning but um the playmaking really really did impress me like there's just there's just some passes that guys you can't really teach that stuff like it's just vision anticipation yeah. at the same time and just seeing windows that are really tight squeezes and and um that's definitely one of those like oh gosh like like i saw the the shot and i was like oh boy it was exactly what everyone was telling me and then all of a sudden he made a couple passes and i was like all right i might i might be in there we go so yeah so let, let's finish up with talking about his defense um i some guys on the no ceilings team um had some harsh things to say about the defense a couple oh, I don't weeks ago that. amazing um, that. okay what did you think? What, Hit me with it. Com, kind of a common theme with some of these guys we've talked about where I thought he was extraordinary in isolation. Um, his athleticism, his footwork was all really impressive. I thought he gambled a lot on some stuff. I thought he died on screens a ton. Um, really good defensive playmaker with jumping kind of passing lanes, uh, dribble handoff right here. They takes the other way, chase down blocks, weak side blocks. Um, but a lot of it was because he was ball watching like crazy. And when he was off ball, he was solely focused on the ball and would miss rotations, but has the athleticism obviously to kind of compensate for that. Um, the screen navigation I thought was horrible, uh, but generally well, tell us how you really feel Metcalf. And he no, just I'm died sorry. on it. It was just a lack of effort um, yeah. where he would hit a screen and then just be like, eh, okay, whatever. And but when a guy attacked him, I thought his footwork and balance and strength and quickness was all incredibly impressive, which gives me a lot of hope for the defender that he actually is. And that a lot of it was kind of more conditioning and effort based. I, um, I really liked his feet. I thought when I watched his feet, I had the same things. I was like, this is going to, um, uh... This is not a know-it-all comment, but this is a good warning for everyone out there. When you watch a guy on tape and he just keeps making all these splashy projections and steals, don't just think that automatically means he's a good defender. Um, Because he has a lot of plays that are very, very impressive. I mean, I'm even going back. I have watched some of the, uh, the TBT film. He had a great defensive uh, sequence like down the final stretch of the game, and it was awesome. But he he makes up for a lot of stuff with his athleticism. But then, like you said, Metcalf, when when people drive on him, I was like, oh, okay, he's got he's got yeah. some really good potential. Um, the feet, I'm a sucker for footwork. So anytime right. a guy's driving on someone, I'm like, I'm watching feet only. I'm gonna just be like, okay, does he have the the tools to kind of switch and, and open up and um, cut guys off and work to cut off the second attempt and stuff like that. I think he's got it and he's got the length and he shows the potential to be coached. It's just uh, now you got to learn the rest of the game defensively. And I'll be interested to see if that's going to be this year at the overtime elite level, or if that's going to have to be at the the next level with um, NBA coaches, because it's tough. Um, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole here. Um, sorry for everyone for swearing. Um, it's tough to watch those games because you, the Thompson twins are going to be just, they look like Vince Carter out there. 
compared to everybody else. And I know they're going to have a lot more talent probably in this league this year, but I mean, they go by some guys with relative ease and you're like, Oh my gosh, it looks like West, you know, Russell Westbrook in his prime going against a JV high school team. Like it's just ridiculous. So um, we'll see this year if, if they turn it up another notch, but I really, really like what I saw from him, especially defensively. There's some tools, but the screen navigation, like you said, a um, little bit of a rough, a little bit of a rough patch, Metcalf. So just with this being his last year at OTE, what do you want to see from him? Obviously him shooting 45% from three would be the dream, but I, neither of us think that's realistic. So I'm not talking about major overhauls to his game or anything like that, but little things. What would you like to see him improve upon that would make you feel more comfortable? Like, oh God, this could be a top, five guy i would like some touch um i don't need him to shoot lights out from three-point range but if he just tried to look like he had a mid like a mid-level game developing where it was like he's trying to get floaters in the lane he's trying to pull up and get jumpers from the elbow he's he's um he's trying to finish with some touch, you know, where it's reverses or off the glass and stuff. And I'm not saying he doesn't do that at all, but you need to see more of it. Yeah. I get it. He can drive down the lane and dunk. Like I, I get it. And it's awesome. And he's vicious and he's, he's special. And, you know, like sometimes I'm holding my chair every time he's, <laughs> he's driving down the lane. I get it. It's awesome. But you, if you're going to go from that league to the NBA next year and be a guy, you need to have more in your back. You need to have more tools in the shed. And if you're not going to have a big one, which is the outside shot, you better start figuring out the mid, you know, the in-between mm-hmm. game. Um, Cause he has a playmaking to be really special. He has sensational vision. He looks like he's got some potential defensively, but um, offensively, if you're going to, if you want to get minutes, even as a rookie, you're going to have to, you know, be able to help in a number of different areas. What about you? Yeah. And I completely agree with that. Just a little more versatility to a scoring. That's not just at the rim would be awesome. Um, a big thing for me would just be consistent effort throughout the game where I don't know if it was like a conditioning thing, but he looked tired late in games a lot. Uh, he kind of looked like he was just going through the motions first stretches of the game um you know we saw with some of those turnovers where he's just passing it straight to a defender or a guy who's six inches shorter than him is just taking the ball you know like it's nothing from him and those are just mental lapses so I I just want to see him really fully locked in and I want to see him dominate this fucking lead or league next year where he him and his brother are the best players by a lot in that league next year and, you know, I personally don't think I was a little disappointed when they said they were going back there because I didn't think it was necessarily the best developmental spot for them. But I need to see them dominate from start to finish of games. I don't I can't if they start going through the motions and just coasting and resting on their athleticism um, for long stretches, it's I'm going to be I don't know about concerned, but probably annoyed and you know it's like these these aren't you know 18 year old rookies these guys are going to be a little bit older when they're um drafted and obviously we're not ageist or anything like that but they are on different timelines so i i need to see some 
more consistent intensity and just kind of refinement of little things like the screen navigation, decision-making, the, the fo- and just the general focus. I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I, I feel like there's no reason why there shouldn't be some damn video that comes across, you know, my my plate on a work day that's like hey did you hear the thompson twins they each had 40 in a game like just they need to have those type of games where it's just like okay (laughs) what are they doing here you know they they just need to be putting up cuckoo numbers because it's like they should be they're Mm -hmm. they're gonna be that age and i agree with you metcalf i completely do i've agreed with you more this preseason than i ever have so i hate um, it i I, we, we need games back so we can start fighting a little more yeah a little bit all right, so let's move on to Chris Livingston, who yeah. I thought was really interesting. So he's Me a six six, two hundred twenty pound wing uh, going to Kentucky from Oak Hill. Um, what were your kind of just initial thoughts with him? Um, I uh, I'm very intrigued. Very, I was not expecting it going into that, and then I kind of left, and I was like. Can, can I skip the pod and just watch five more hours? <laughs> I, 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 it really was like the more I watched every yes. clip, I was like, I'm liking more and more. And I feel like when I watched uh, one of the all-star games he was in um, or whatever, they're all a blur to me. So I'm sorry for everyone listening, but like the McDonald's, the hoop summit, all of them are a big blur. Uh, and then the Jordan classic, whatever. I feel like he popped a couple times, but I was like, eh. And then um, I started watching his film and I was like, whoa, this was just like every play like he made. It was like either a great finish, a great pass, a great. Then I saw the shot and I was like, okay, the shot looks kind of promising. Cause then you see the stats and you're like, eh. I think he was like high school. He was like 20 something or 30% from three. And I was like, Oh, yeah. and then I watched the shot and I was like, wait, okay. That doesn't mm-hmm. look terrible. It looks solid. Like it looks like it could be, um improving and then like he kept hitting a couple i was like all right um it, i started was like, is this gonna be a draft crush of mine like i started getting excited and then um i i, I stopped watching i was like i kind of want to watch some more films so i i like them metcalf i was very intrigued what about you i i was kind of cool on him when i first started watching and i i, I honestly didn't know what to expect going into right. this because i i had basically zero exposure to him um so it was completely new for me um my you know kind of assumptions were okay six six wing going to kentucky you know five-star recruit okay he's going to be a ball dominant scorer you know creator he's going to be doing a lot of that stuff and then he wasn't and (laughs) it's like okay wait i I need to kind of reimagine and repicture the type of player he's going to be and then once i started thinking about him as more of an off-ball scorer and, you know, kind of complimentary piece. It's like, oh, okay, there's a lot to really like here where I'm not sure that he's ever going to be, you know, the guy, but I think he could really be a guy. And I mean, that is a compliment. I think he could be a really high level starter role player down the road. And I thought there was a lot to kind of like the more I watched. Um, I think going to Kentucky and playing with a point guard and a system that, sets him up a little better and kind of creates opportunities for him a little easier and gives him a little more space is going to do wonders for his game uh, because there was very little of that at Oak Hill. 
you know, this is why I you just brought up a point. And the moment you said it, I said uh, to myself, I said, that's exactly why I'm going to fall in love with him. I have a weakness for these guys because I think you NBA teams have to find them because it's not the, it's not the superstar, but you need this piece to help everyone else be better. Um, And this is why I liked Michael Bridges so much and like why I like the Suns getting him and, and guys like that. And I'm not saying Livingston's the same type of player, but I'm saying, I think this is the glue guy you think of. This is the, this is the missing piece of the puzzle that all of a sudden makes life for everyone easier. And just as a damn good basketball player. And that's the vibes I got watching him. I was just like, he can do a lot. He can do a lot of stuff that really can help you in a different way where it was either a defensive rebound and throwing a, a gorgeous pass up the floor for an easy bucket or uh, making the extra pass or hitting the wide open shot. It was just like, it looked like a guy that I had the same first it's funny how that works isn't it Metcalf? i had the first reaction was oh six six going to kentucky he's probably just gonna jack a ton of shots and then all of a sudden i started watching and i was like i need to get rid of that <laughs> idea <laughs> i was just like i really like how he plays he just looks like a guy that you know is gonna get you a lot of good shots you're gonna you are gonna love playing with chris livingston that's yes. what i got from watching him I was like, whoever's playing with him at Kentucky is going to love playing alongside him. And then, you know, um, I'm excited to talk about Case Wallace with you one day because I'm really starting to get a, a draft crush on him. But um, Livingston just seemed like a guy that the, the more I watched, the more I was like, this is going to be a guy. Scouts and front offices are going to be drooling over because they're going to – people are going to think he's like, oh, he should go 28 or something and then all of a sudden teams are gonna be like you kidding me he's not passing 16 like you know yeah. just every team wants this guy that's potentially low maintenance and helps you in a number of ways yeah and i i kind of got some cam whitmore vibes from him with his passing his ability to really pressure the rim and how effective he looked getting downhill um you know when when we talk about his scoring I really, I, I loved him in transition. I thought his straight line speed was really impressive. Um, he's really strong when he attacks the rim, finishes through contact. He didn't shoot a ton off the dribble, but some of the mid-range jumpers that he had were really nice. He had good balance on it. It looked like something that he had practiced a lot and was something that he's trying to incorporate into his game, which I like. And the mechanics on it were pretty similar to what his three-point was. I know the three-point percentage isn't, you know, eye-popping, but the fact that the mechanics are as good as they are, how the touch and the mid-range and at the rim is as soft as it was, I, I think in the long term, he's going to be at least, you know, an average shooter. I really, really liked him in traffic um, because – when you're when you're not going to be the fastest guy, um, you got to learn how to play. You got to learn how to be quick with your top speed, like if that makes sense. And um, he was just slithery, and I thought in and out of his top speed, he he didn't lose a lot. Like mm-hmm. when he kept changing directions, I thought he maintained the top speed. And he's physical. He wasn't afraid to go into people's bodies. He he understood how to defend himself on the attack and like kind of in the midair and adjusted his body. I just thought he was smooth, slippery, and like you said, in transition, he was great. He knew exactly where to go and he knew how to counter it. And 
Um, the shot I really did was like, this looks good. This looks like it is going the right way. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very intrigued with, with his skill set. Um, I, I know the percentages aren't great and, you know, but this is what we were just talking about. Like yeah. the, 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 the consistency at least looks like there. It's yeah. just going to need more reps and he's just going to have to keep plugging away at it. And yes, Calipari is very good at getting guys prepared and ready to go to the next level. And, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen with, with him going to Kentucky. It's like, you know, you're seeing him right now at Oak Hill. And, you know, if you watch him on tape at a high school, you're going to get intrigued. And this is a guy that I, I just really, really liked a lot of, of stuff. It, it's the classic he doesn't do anything at the elite level, but he looks like he does a ton of yes. really good stuff. And and that's kind of one of those players that I always think needs to get valued higher because just, just because they're not going to be um, a potential six time all-star doesn't mean they might not play 12 years in the NBA. And um, I just really, really liked his game. I, I, I was like, Whoa, I completely, Completely predicted this one wrong. And um, I was also like, if, when was the last time Kentucky got a guy like that? Uh, it was just like kind of a weird, like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm in now for Kentucky. I'm in. Besides Shibway this year, now I really have a reason to watch Kentucky. You, you mean you weren't all aboard the, the severe Wheeler bandwagon? Oh, yeah, of course. My favorite thing. No, okay, so I, mean, I, I apologize to Severe Wheeler. He, yeah, that, Severe that was a completely Wheeler. unnecessary drive-by. Um, yeah, come on. And if so, you want to come on the pod, we're, we're welcome to have you on. <laughs> so how, how did you feel about his defense? Because I I didn't know how to necessarily come away from it. Um, I had a lot of mixed feelings. I absolutely despised that they played 2-3 zone almost the entire fucking time. And they're a bunch of cowards. And the zone defense should be outlawed. But that's I'm, a different I'm, conversation. Yeah, I'm I'm I don't know. I the zone kind of bothers me. I feel like I need to watch way more because that's the annoying part of evaluating is when it's zone, you're just like, oh, this just means I'm probably gonna have to watch twice as much just <laughs> to get little breadcrumbs. Um what did you think? What did you think? I, I thought there were a couple promising flashes of like on ball, like footwork and strength and that kind of stuff. Um, I thought he was pretty rough on closeouts. Those were typically out of control and he would just fly by and, you know, simple shot fake would send him the other direction. Um, and then it just kind of seemed like he ball watched a lot and would try to gamble on j- jumping passing lanes a lot. So I, I didn't love his team defense, but you know, it's like you said, with like that fucking zone defense, it's so hard to get a gauge on how good these guys are as defenders because different zones ask guys to, or yeah. So depending on the team, you can be playing the same position, but being asked to do a completely different thing. Right. And it's without, you know, intimate knowledge of what their direction is. It's a little hard to kind of really gauge how well they are, but typically with his, just his body positioning, um, it was mostly fully focused on the ball and not necessarily what was happening on the weak side with him. And that would lead to him being a step late on jumping passing lanes, which would then, you know, lead to wide open shots or easy drives um, or being um, just out of position and scrambling for a closeout that 
would result in nothing good. So I, I thought there was some potential there as like an individual on-ball defender, but the team defense, the off-ball defense left me a little underwhelmed. Yeah, I, I'm, I was more intrigued and excited to kind of hear what you thought about the defense. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get off of the podcast and probably like turn it back on. Cause it, I really did like his film and then I was, I, I just hate zone film. Like I, I'm not just making it up. I hated zone film watching, you know, Jamie McDaniels at Washington and oh God, I hate that zone to be thought awesome and Isaiah Stewart at UW. Like it drove me crazy. And like anyone, it's just, Oh gosh, don't even get me started on Syracuse film. I mean, I, I literally cowards, you know, I'd rather be like a dealing with a saw puzzle from the movie than having to watch Syracuse defensive film. But I bet anyway, the is a big fan of his own defense. No, McCaff, enough <laughs> of the Predator talk. Mid-Predator slander is not required. Um, Coward. No, but I, I like Livingston. Um, he's he's one of those guys that you, you start making your preseason rankings, and I was like, eh, I feel like I might move him a little higher than a lot of people might have him, but it's just because I'm sort of believing in the uh, – I'm sort of believing in the hype of he's going to get – drafted higher than his production. Does that make sense? Like underdrafted? Like he should have gone earlier than he ends up going? I could see front offices liking his skill set. Like, oh, say, okay. Like like <laughs> he'll average like six points, two rebounds, and an assist, and then go like in the teens. And he'll be yeah, like, what I mean, is the guy even, with that production? I'm not even saying that, but maybe he averages – 12, Try, 5, and 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then and that's what I'm saying. Like, he might average uh, 12 points a game, but go in the teens, and everyone's like, well, he didn't, you know. But right. I just think he's uh, he's an intriguing skill. But, hey, let me let me watch some more film on him. Um, what else you got for me? This has been a good one. Yeah, I was a little so, nervous because I feel like these were wild cards, but I like this one. So, I mean, we, we got we to gotta check in with the green room. So, yeah, green room. We got we got some love about the green room segment. So shout out to that. Um, shout out to Stephen Gillespie too. He's probably listening because I feel like he listens at like three a.m. But uh, Stephen, welcome back. You know, thank you for your we service. Missed you. We missed you. Um, so just for listeners who have missed any of our previous episodes, uh, the green room, most exclusive club in the country, in the world. Sorry, um, currently contains uh, Victor Wembanyama, Derek Whitehead, Duris Walker, Scoot Henderson. Uh, Cam Whitmore. So, Amen Thompson, in or out? I don't know. I'm in, I guess. You in? Yeah, I guess he's in. If he takes a shot at the bar, it gives him... <laughs> uh, I can't even get that dad joke out. Yeah, um, he, he, he's purely just sipping on a beer. He's, yeah. he's, he's not taking. <laughs> oh, God. No, I was just going to say, if he took an outside shot, um, he, he's just accidentally throwing it over his shoulder. No, but I, <laughs> he's good. I, I like the Thompson. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, in. I, I, I agree. I, I think there's too much to his game um right now obviously this could change if the shot even regresses or if we don't see the improvements in the the kind of ancillary areas that we mentioned earlier maybe that changes but i think right now the raw athleticism the raw potential um just the current skill set i think kind of think he has to be in 
Yeah, the Thompson twins are originally from, they were born in Oakland too. So I got to give a shout out to the town. So there you go. Um, here's here's where we're going to get the little problematic of his Livingston in because we love him. And I feel like if we keep saying yes about everyone, we're going to be in a tough time. I'm looking through my database. There's going to be a lot of guys that we're going to have a really tough time talking about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say no right now. Um, I, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to have, or I, I don't think he currently has, you know, the, the big time kind of pedigree for it. I really like him. I, I really like how he plays, especially on offense. Um, I, I think there's a lot there to build on and it wouldn't shock me if, you know, four months from now he's in, uh, but currently, um, I'm going to say no. I think the party started, Everyone's having a good time. And then some people like Victor and some of the guys are just like, something feels wrong. Like who's missing here? And they're like, Oh crap, Chris, we forgot to invite Chris. And I think Chris is getting ready and he's trying to make a late dash to get to the club. But uh, yeah, he's not in. He's on the way. He might hit traffic, but he's not in. Yeah. And I really like him. He's a good guy. Chris, good guy. <laughs> we Life of the party. Somehow his invite got someone forgot to text him. He he didn't make it in the group chat, but uh yeah, he's not that he's not in. All right, Rucker, you got anything else? Um no. I mean not really. You know, uh I I I feel like I'm getting I'm feeding the addiction when it comes to film. And this is probably, we might look back in a couple of months, Metcalf, and be like, this was a terrible idea. Cause now all I'm <laughs> doing is watching film till 3 a.m. and it's the second week of college basketball. But um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I was really pleasantly surprised with the Chris Livingston film. So I'm, now I'm excited to keep watching through the rest of the class. I've, I've started, uh, I've started dipping my toe into some of these other guys. Um, I'm actually really intrigued. So, with so who, who's exciting you? Or, or uh, someone where you're like, oh, that that's interesting. I mean, I like Nolan Hickman, Strother, still oh, going to get me in my feelings. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I'm going through my database right now. Kaluma, I'm going to have a really fun time talking oh, that episode, God, yes. I feel like, with you. Um who was I just watching and I was getting intrigued with? Um, hold on, I'm going through my whole list. Sort of intrigued about um, Colby Jones from Xavier. Hmm. Um, I had one that I wanted to bring up to you. Um, Uh, your uh, your boy uh, Jed Howard. Oh my god! I'm I'm feel like he's on my list coming up soon. I'm and really then... excited to dive into his film because I was just kind of when we were doing the Jarris Walker and Keontae George watches is like he just kind of kept popping up doing really really good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch him a little bit closer. Um, I'm trying to give some some last couple names. Um, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Shafino, 
I was making you say it first. <laughs> uh, Maxwell gave us a little bit of like a, hey, I like this guy. And I feel like every time I kept watching his film, um, I liked his defense. I was a little mm-hmm. impressed. And he kept making some good passes and good decisions. I'm excited to watch him a little bit more. And then uh, Jaden Bradley, for some reason. Oh, my God. Kept, yes. Yeah. I I love. He's going to be so much fucking fun at Alabama. Jaden Bradley was the one guy. What team was he on? I don't know IMG what. With Keontae yes. and Jarris and Jet. He kept, I said, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> yes. And I was like, where's he going? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's going to Bama? And then I was like, okay. And and I don't know why, but I, I just like, that was a big circle. I was like, he just keeps popping, keeps getting my attention. So I'm, I'm excited to watch him a little closer. And then Nick Smith is like one of the top three to watch on my list soon. So. I'm excited to watch all those guys. But yeah, um, what so, about you? No, just a little embarrassing for me uh, when we were when I was preparing for the Derek Whitehead episode. Um, the first game I watched was the IMG, and I always listen with the sound off. Uh, just prefer it that way. I, I do the same way, so don't worry. I about just it. didn't even register the colors of the jerseys, and Derek's number zero, Jaden Bradley's number zero, and the first two minutes, I'm like, God. Derek looks way fucking quicker than I remember. It's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, that's someone completely different. <laughs> so I am watching the wrong guy. So it's like, all right, well, caught it early. And yeah. uh, we're just going to uh, put his name down because I am very excited to go revisit that film. But it's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> no, I mean, um, it, it's funny how often that happens. Like, I'll start watching and then I get a little like, okay, like, that guy looks good. And then I'm like, okay, stop. Like try to find a box score or something like get the numbers down because you know, you don't, sometimes when you're watching film, you don't get the immediate like starting lineup. And so. that, that's a sophomore. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I'll put him down for a way down. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, do you got anyone that you've been keeping an eye on or you're excited no, to watch? I just, Jed Howard, I'm really excited to kind of dive in on. Uh, Jaden Bradley, really excited to dive in on. Um, and then Nolan Hickman and Arthur Kaluma are two of my favorite returners this year. And we'll we'll have a whole episode on returners soon enough. But I, I, I can't remember if I said it on a pod or it may have just been one of our group chats or something. Um, but my hot take is that if uh, Nolan Hickman was at Kentucky last year instead of Ty Ty Washington, Nolan Hickman would have been a top 20 pick. I really, really like Hickman. I feel like me and Albert were in Vegas. We talked to someone in the program and they were all just raving and glowing about Hickman. They were all very, very excited. So I think that's going to be the one to watch this year. Um, I know they got um, Malachi Smith. Is a transfer. I know there's some hype about him probably putting up some big numbers, but um, I think Hickman's going to still get the the keys to the engine to, to, to let things run right away. But I'm, I'm excited to watch him a lot. Um, Mark Mitchell at Duke kept flashing when I watched him on tape too. So I'm, I'm excited to get into some of these guys. Now I'm getting pumped. Um, but yeah, Jane Bradley really uh, – <laughs> Really got my attention. I was like, okay. That's funny though, the Derek Whitehead story. That's that's really good. I like that. Yeah, not 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 my finest moment, but <laughs> Rucker, this was a blast as always. Tell the people where they can find you. Um no ceilingsnba.com. 
I got, I'm going to get some, some stuff rolling out. It's time to get the, the YouTube videos and some scouting videos up. Um, I'm getting pumped for this year. It's getting it's time to go to work. I'm, I'm getting pumped. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, also on the Twitter, on the Twitter, at Tyler underscore Rucker. You want to talk some drafts or prospects, just send me a little message. I'll either respond to you or just send a GIF. <laughs> um, Nick Kaff, plug away. Thank you for, as always, sir. Absolutely. Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our No Ceilings merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.